Hello, 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 and welcome to Rainbows Rising, where we ascend together. I'm your host, Rainbow Raja. I have an incredible artist on today, Danielle Kaners. Welcome, Danielle. How are you today? Thank you. I'm really good. So I brought you on because several years ago, I happened across this incredible yoga mat that covered all the chakras, had all these animal totems in it. And I have been using this yoga mat for like a solid four or five years now. And I just, I really wanted to reach out and bring you on the show so you can share your art because it has been used for my tarot. It's been used for my healing sessions. Your mats are so diverse and has helped me work through my own my own healing. So I think it's worth sharing with the listeners your incredible art. Mm, thanks so much. That's like all I could hope for out of my art is to really bring that out for people. It's It's been a great altar. If you haven't tried your own mat for an altar, it, it works wonders. Distance healing, it's great for distance healing. Self-healing, I just put crystals all over myself as I lay on the mat, it's great. So um, for those out there who haven't seen your art, um, they should know that you have like so much symbolism woven into your art, so much detail. Um, please share with, with the listeners like, what inspired you? How do you get into art? Um, and really like what helped you transition from like just a normal artist to like this artist who creates these incredible tools for people to utilize in their life? It's a big journey. Um, okay, let's tackle this question. So I'll, I'll, I'll unpack it like step by step. Um, art's been with me since the wee years and I think I picked up pencils and started drawing before I could even talk. And that was recognized in me, thankfully, and encouraged. And really, it, it's been with me all along with very few pauses in between. And I mean, it, it, really, it took a long time before I recognized it as a bigger piece of my life and something I had a lot to offer in it. At first, it was just more this hobby and this practice that I was super devoted with um, until probably around 1920, I started to unpack more of what I had to say in it. And it really wasn't until I started discovering disciplines outside of art that it like it blossomed. And I had a, a partner at the time who really called it out in me, too. He saw what I had, but hadn't fully manifested yet. And he sat me down at one point and he was kind of like, look, you've got these abilities and you've got this interest in research and studies and how do you bring them together to offer more to the world? Mm. And, and it really sparked something. And I, at, simultaneously, I, I, I sat down and I was like, do you realize what you're asking of me? Because what it would take to actually assimilate all these knowledge systems into art would would be like this huge journey so really that journey started at around 20 or 21 and it's been a journey of self-discovery and immense studies i had to leave university so i could study in the capacity that's necessary to channel it into my art and to offer more than just pretty pictures but teachings through the art as well wow that's intense like <laughs> Having to leave school just so you can really master your craft and the amount of discipline and dedication it really must take to do that. Like, I tell you, I'm, I've been working on a book and sitting down and writing a book is tedious. I can't imagine sitting down and researching for hours before even starting on the part I'm passionate about, the art part. Yes. <laughs> So um, this this partner of yours inspired pretty much a huge life shift for you um, and brought you to where you are now. So on that journey, you, you must have assimilated enough enough of this research to create these yoga mats that at the time were distributed through Rave Nectar and now you offer them, right? Yeah, 
The yoga mats were a very special opportunity for me. It came through a contact I had sort of over the years. I had traveled quite a bit and um, they invited me to join this Kickstarter. And at first I just, I was actually in the middle of a move myself at the time. And I just had a lot going on all at once. And at, so I kind of just tossed some art that I already had at them. And it didn't really work for a yoga mat. And same partner, he's like, no, no, you actually have to sit down and see this opportunity for what it is and create a new piece that's des like dedicated for a yoga mat and for what people would find of value on that surface. And I was like, do you realize what you're saying right now <laughs> and what that will demand of me? And and then I realized he was right and went for it. So I had 21 days before because they were launching it as a pre-sale Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. So I had 21 days to design something new. And that was a really intense timeline for me. My work is usually very slow and methodical. And for so all of those out there who have not seen her yoga mat, it is so intricate and so detailed. And like <laughs> the details are so tiny on this giant yoga mat. So I can only imagine how much she had to zoom into either her canvas or if she was working digitally, like how, how zoomed in you had to be. There oh, is yeah. so much detail. I don't know how you punched that out in 21 days. <laughs> that is insane. I really, I wish, I wish I had my yoga mat right now to show everybody and be like, look at this thing. It is crazy beautiful. Maybe I can try and put a picture like somewhere in here. I'm just going to try and <laughs> pop a picture in there so they can see. Mm. But, um, Seriously, it's like, even I can't believe that I was able to do that and what it, it took. Um, so he actually did a lot of the packing for us because he saw the importance of it. But there were, there were times like I just had to work nonstop and thankfully it came through. And then I had to teach myself to color digitally. I had never done that before as an actual piece. Mm but it, I felt it was necessary. I drew it by hand and I felt it was necessary to use that new medium to actually deliver something. And there was one day I can remember, this was just the, the depth of it. I was working on it for so long and sitting at my desk and I got up and started walking down the hallway and I fell over because I had been probably sitting on my leg for so long that it went completely numb. And I actually was limping and dragging myself across oh the hallway. Oh. <laughs> like, it was it was nuts. It took such a tunnel focus to deliver that. Um, I don't regret it, but I also don't understand how I was able to do it either. I think something was truly working through me there. Yeah, was it, it sounds divinely planned. Yes. <laughs> so after that first one, because I, I luckily I got the first one. I went on the Kickstarter. I had found this art and I'm so grateful that I I stumbled across this yoga mat because I have had it now for a number of years and I have used it for so many different things. Like I said, I've used it as an altar. I've used it for my distance healings. I do crystal healing distance wise on it because it like it sets up the perfect layout for a person's body and where their chakras are. And you just you just can't help but utilize it that way. It's it's been so helpful. Plus, I, I use it for yoga. Like, I use it for its prime function. <laughs> a little bit of yoga. <laughs> and I know that, sh I don't know if it was a year or two after, you came out with a second yoga mat. Um, I ended up purchasing that and, and gifting it to a friend because it was just so beautiful. Um, so tell us a little bit about what inspired that one because... You know, the first one was really animal inspired and, and chakra inspired. And the second one had so much depth and it really did seem like you went into kind of like Buddhism and, and teachings there, some, some historical stuff. Totally. That one, again, I feel like something larger was coming through me because even the way it manifested was strange. It was going to be a collaboration with a big online platform 
And so I created it knowing that I just wanted this piece anyway, regardless of how it manifested, but it was going to be cross-promoted and launched as their official mat. And over the course of it, they, they basically just said, we want chakras and I don't like, I don't like repeating myself. So I really had to sit with that and figure out what it, what, what more did I have to say that could fit in that, that dimension and also offer new layers that other people that have the other mat would still appreciate. So I chose to use the tree of life concept mm -hmm. and use the chakras as portals, as you're saying, into different teachings. And there are some correlations with the portals. I think I put um, the Akashic records, for example, at the sacrum. So it's that, that knowing of, of the wealth of everything, basically at the sacrum, I put the Buddha at the base, that sort of like rooted base of, of inner work. And it was also a journey through the elements and lots of cycles of birth and death, um, like many, many layers of birth and death throughout it. And then after I completed it, and I, I actually took longer on this one. So you can see I sculpted it more and kind of took it to a new layer of digital work for myself. Um, so just technically, I was exploring a bit deeper. And then by the time it came out, there was some snags with production and all sorts of things, delays, and eventually it fell through and it wasn't going to be this cross-promoted mat. So after all that, it didn't actually turn out to be uh, used in the way that I had created it for, but I felt like that was the catalyst. And this has happened a couple of times in my life. There's a catalyst for a certain piece to come through even though it doesn't happen exactly as planned, it's, mm -hmm. it's there now and it wouldn't have happened otherwise. And it's still got to, you know, see the light of day as a yoga mat and be shared. And I still offer it today. So no regrets. I think it's a perfect sister piece and they kind of complete that cycle. They, they do. I, I really appreciate. They're so similar and yet completely different. I, I don't know if teachings is the right word, but it, it it really does feel like one is more, you know, I do shamanic work and my friend, she lives at a monastery and does a lot of like chanting and Buddha work. So I was like, oh, this totally works for each of us having our own mat. Um, so I actually wanted to dive a little bit into that research that you talked about and how, how do you incorporate your spirituality and this research aspect into, I guess, conjuring up art. You know, mm -hmm. how, how are you incorporating that? And how do you go about research? Like if there's somebody out there who's like, I really want, am fascinated with this. I just don't know how to take it and run with it. I don't know how to develop on it. Um, what are some tips you can give people out there who, who want to do that research aspect and really learn more about these ancient practices? I think that's a great question. Um, it brings me back to that moment where I mentioned, do you realize what this asks of me? <laughs> uh, it, it has been a lifelong journey and one that builds. At first, it, it's kind of awkward and yeah, you don't know where to look. It took Anytime I, I enter a new field, oftentimes I'm, I'm just at a loss for where to start, what resources to trust, where to even find resources. Um, but it's this following a thread of curiosity. And eventually you find gold. And one piece of gold often leads to more pieces of gold, because gold will often refer to other gold in the sense of, of literal references. Uh, oh, check the citations in the back of books. Exactly. Yeah. Gotcha, and sometimes gotcha. they'll even mention in a book, uh, this person's research or, or all of that. Um, so starting a new body of knowledge, you kind of find, find that foundation. And I've done it for a few fields now. And they all, you actually wind up finding as with languages, there's these parallels and ways that one body of knowledge enriches the other. Um, more logistically, I do a balance of reading, uh, online courses, lectures, audiobooks, and I'm often listening to things while I'm painting too. So pretty frequently, I'm, 
I'm taking in more knowledge and wisdom as I'm creating. And it actually is really inspiring for me. I don't know if everyone's process suits that, but yeah, and it, it's just curiosity. What's your level of curiosity and how much do you want to take this in? And I think digestion time is important too. Like sometimes I get data overwhelmed, but you actually need time to integrate and reflect and, and kind of muse on it. And, and you find new, um, you connect the dots on that that musing time. Journaling so, too. So when creating any kind of art, it's important that you follow follow your body's I guess, internal rhythm in processing so that you're not, you know, pushing something that's not, not ready out. Is that? Yes. Good. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, yeah. Just like the, the body, when you eat, you need to digest. When you take in information, you need to digest. And honestly, like balancing that with even working out and things like that, like using your body so that you're just, you're not always cerebral but you're also in your body as well. And in your heart, your heart's more the creative and the listening. So it's, it's balancing your whole physiology too, so that you can actually integrate because information is fine, but it doesn't become wisdom until it's integrated and used. Yes. Yes. Learning to speak about it and journal and, and play with ideas and share them. That's when sometimes the real riches uh, integrate as well. Interesting. So are you keeping like daily journals on the pieces you're working on and like what comes up, what animals arise and what symbolism comes up, what practices you find and then you utilize them, you journal about it? Yes, I have <laughs> have a journal right here. And I think I started this one. This is actually you guys, a little... she's going to share her journal with us. Share my tone. <laughs> no one has a diary. <laughs> well, some of it. Yeah. This has been just literally a month. That's a lot of writing. So, yeah, <laughs> I find that journaling is a really great way. There's a lot of people refer to the complexity of the written word, too. It, it solidifies ideas specifically with handwriting because there's that that deep connection. So it helps to anchor ideas deeper and bring out new ones potentially. I love that. I love that. I I know that there's been times when I really wanted to journal. I just didn't have a pencil. And so I just pulled out my phone and did a voice memo instead. That's that, good. That did work. Yeah. Um, when you're in a bind, you should. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The voice to text. Yes. <laughs> then just print it out and paste it in your journal. <laughs> no, then you rewrite it. That's oh, the then... Okay. okay. If you want to go like all above and beyond, just make more trouble for yourself. All right. <laughs> I'll sometimes rewrite. I'm serious. Like it, it's it's tedious sometimes. I understand if you don't want to. So I know before we started this episode, you were talking about a new project that you've been working on. Um, even even last year when I first hit you up for an interview, you were working on a project then. Um, you, you want to share some of these projects you've been working on, your process for them, and Ooh. what you're most excited about uh, sharing these these new concepts, these new ideas, and, and what people can expect to, you know, take from them. Yes. Oh, it's been it's been an intense last four years. <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, <laughs> there's been a project that I've been working on solidly for four years maybe getting close to five at this point and it's like you were saying it took me a year of studies before I even started to put pencil to paper on this one mm. I call it cosmologia and it takes people through the cosmic myths through the eyes of our ancient civilizations through time so it's cross comparing the the way the cosmologies are oriented for all the major world traditions from our local indigenous to China, to India and beyond, and puts them together into this eventually. So it started as, I'll work up to that. <laughs> it started as 12 mandalas for the Zodiac. And again, amalgamating all the symbolism from different cultures. And those 12 are actually pieces that 
most people don't know are actually going to fit into a super drawing of the cosmos as a whole mandala. So it's like the entire symbolic cosmos That's portrayed, awesome. yeah, <laughs> as a huge piece. And it has tested me beyond anything I thought I was ready for and has taken way longer than I anticipated. Uh, I haven't been able to really show much or sell any of it for the past few years. And Universe has absolutely supported that in wild ways that I could not have expected. Uh, I did not properly plan for that financially or otherwise, but it, it's all working. And I'm really excited. I'm bringing it together as a book. And as a Kickstarter, it'll have some really exciting side goodies as well that I'm just preparing right now. The final wheel is all that's left to do. I've unfortunately, well, I guess not unfortunately, I fortunately had to take a short break for it because I got a painting commission um, that I really wanted to take on. So I was balancing the two, but I found it was a little hard because they're so different. So I've taken a small break from it and I'm almost done and will be ready to go full force into it and not allow any more things to slip into my schedule until I bring it to the world. So oh I'm my excited. So this big book, it's going to have your art. Is it also going to have like the stories of all these cultures? Yeah. And oh my gosh. And hundreds, so hundreds of process drawings that came together in just in preparation. So tons of background research, the story, the how to like the, the artistic process and everything in between so i am so excited you have no idea please <laughs> please email me when this is ready i want it for my shelf <laughs> i will let you know okay so um it sounds like you had to do so much research because really there are hundreds if not thousands of different cultures and different spiritual practices and secret myth stuff um on all corners of the world like even hawaii has their own their own culture entwined and all that and japan i mean all the individual countries i mean did you go that in depth to every country or just kind of regions i took on most of the major ones okay. uh, in order to keep it concise seeing the ones that have been ad adopted the most broadly and okay. A lot of them have similarities too. So it's really incredible to see the parallels of different cultures. So as long as I have, you know, the different regions sort of represented, I felt that I had a pretty uh, comprehensive model. You see, I, I had a similar idea when I was so much younger. I was like, I noticed that there's a lot of fairies that they have different names and different cultures and i wanted to be able to map out where these fairies were and ah. to be like hey look this fairy was found in this culture in like 1600 da, 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 da. and over here also and i was gonna like do some it just was it sounded like a lot of work and i was like i have other things i'm doing <laughs> but I hope someday we have somebody who goes on a tangent and does that because that would be so cool to see where all the Fae, you know, lived and all their connections to all the different regions. I think I have a book recommendation. I don't have it on the top of my head, but I'll mention it later. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I like fa fairies. They're, they're fun. And sometimes not so fun if they take your oh, yeah. wallet or your keys and put them in weird places. <laughs> I'm dealing with that presently. They have taken my wallet and I don't know where it went. <laughs> it was in my purse, I promise. <laughs> That's what I get for... for Maybe they'll bring them back or bring it back. Uh, you guys, I need, I need that. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care. They don't care. <laughs> so, um... All right, so you've been working on this big old book, this huge book. Are you are you putting practices into it, or is it mostly just like the historical references and your remarkably detailed art? I'm going to center it around the artistic journey and some ancient wisdom. I'm still kind of figuring out how much text I want to 
to invest into it because I also want to be painting more. So I want to, yeah, just balance how much of the writing that I want to infuse into it. Um, But it'll be mostly historical context, symbolism, and just the really meaty aspects of the foundations of these cosmologies. That's really cool. Lots of art. So I know that symbolism signs omens listening to nature listening to the conscious universe um these are these are things that we're all encouraged to do by gurus and shaman people and i think a lot of people really struggle to identify when the universe is actually sending them information and when it's all in their head so how do you know when the universe is sending you a sign and when do you know that it's uh not a sign <laughs> very good question hmm it's kind of hard to describe because it's like i, I feel it as a, a felt sense is how i've heard it described um i think the major piece that can get in the way is the infamous ego which is really just tuning into what we want to hear in order to inflate ourselves, which is usually just a compensation for feeling small or feeling insignificant, right? Mm -hmm. So tuning in for me, I, I, I think it's important to have a good relationship with your body and your gut to start with. And I feel like things like trauma, and poor diet and various different things and just numbing oneself in general, like in a, in a screen too much and all, all the things that shut us down mm-hmm. actually reduce that valve and that ability to have that relationship with those messages. So anything we can do to just embody ourselves more. So even just spending time barefoot in nature is a great one and eating cleanly meditating keeping our mind clear giving ourselves time away from the screen that already sets a baseline to be able to tune in Mm -hmm. and then we can really feel okay is this something that is calling to me it won't often like it won't always be fun or easy or even that inviting at first it might actually be a big challenge but it's something that you're uniquely here to offer So, yeah, I think it's important to have a good relationship with self, with our inner voice, our personal blocks, where our ego gets in the way and clean ourselves so that we can tune into that. And it it gradually builds. Mm -hmm. And maybe, I guess, again, that curiosity, the more we can just listen without attaching to things too much. I think the more it becomes clear because something will continue to come with time. Like it'll, it'll keep knocking if, if it's meant to be. Um, yeah, I don't I like, know. I like that. The, the broad knocking. <laughs> it's, that, it's that little, that little annoyance in the back of your, back of your mind. I've had that. Yeah. Yep. And, and it hasn't always been easy. Like for, for cosmologia, it felt important. And I was kidding myself that I could do it all in a year. And I always say like that, that's just what I needed to believe in order to even start the journey. And here we are four years later, and I'm still very much on the journey. (laughs) Well, I, I have to say it must take so much personal, I guess, personal just gusto to get down and grind for four years straight. I commend you like that. That is remarkable. I, I can't imagine just working on one project. I I have a little ADHD. So, I mean, that idea of just sitting and grinding on one project is that would would give me so much anxiety. Well, it's, it's been cyclical too. It's like, it's not always something that I'm, happy to do because it takes that recommitting all the time yeah for example this past week I think I mentioned it in our email I 
I just decided I do this every now and then I do solo cabin retreats mm -hmm. where to the best of my ability, I block out the outside world in order to just go in. And these are rich times actually for doing that studying and the art and everything in between. It allows me some, some good focus. But one of the teachings that I just learned is there also needs to be yin for the yang. And I've been going nonstop the past few days and my eye started really hurting yesterday. And it was basically my body saying, nope, you're done. You need to take a break now. And at first I was like, ah, oh, why is my body failing me? But if you can just listen to the messages and just actually take care of yourself, then that's often valuable. And we need to replenish as well in order to keep that commitment going. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Our bodies send us messages like all the time. If your body is like starting to poop out on you guys, that is when you just, you just cancel things. You just, you just say, you know what? I gotta go. <laughs> so sorry. Take a bath. <laughs> yep. I did that yesterday. I, I've been, you know, during COVID, I have a daycare for my youngest. She's two. And my eldest, she's seven, she goes to school, but I still have, I spend all day with them every day. I'm tired because <laughs> I also do this and my clients and my writing <laughs> yeah. and my children. And we have no babysitters. So I know yesterday I was, I was feeling it. I was like, I need this. Mm -hmm. And luckily my partner was like, I'll take over. You go take a bath. So I went, I took a bath. I I actually have a guest coming on in a couple months. She does all the music for our intro and outro for Rainbows Rising. And I listen to her music and it's like chanting. It's so nice. And I just was like chanting along and just relaxing in the tub. It was so, so nice. I needed that recuperation time. And I had so much more energy when I came out. I was like, now yeah. I can go play with the kids. <laughs> yeah, that's like true yin refueling. It's yeah. all part of the cycle. That's beautiful. Yep. It's important. It's important to, to nurture that side of yourself. Hmm. It's so you're so lucky of a cabin to go like escape to. It's a blessing. It was hilarious though. <laughs> I had to earn it this this time. We got a lot of snow and it's minus 30 Celsius without the without the wind right now. Mm -hmm. And I had to hike knee deep to get into the cabin. And I was like carrying my jug of water and my art and my lights. <laughs> Jeez, I, how long, how, how far do you have to walk? Um, I don't know, like, I don't know, 50 meters. No, not that much. I don't know. It was, you know, a, a, a decent driveway. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I almost fell over. I'm glad you're safe. I'm glad you didn't get, you know, piled under the snow. <laughs> Sounds like it could have been dangerous. <laughs> yeah, but it is a total blessing to, yeah, have that space to, to work in. Awesome. So with all these signs and all, all the synchronicities that come through to all of us, right? Uh, what are some signs and synchronicities coming into your life right now? And like, what are they saying to you? Like, what what should we be excited to to see for you? In my Besides personal... the giant book. We already know about the giant book, right? Yes, well, the giant book. In my personal life, um, that's what you're asking? Oh, just in general. I just, I'm just curious because you have so, so much symbolism and all of this like information in in your work. So what are you utilizing that for right now? Like, I'm super curious how you apply that to your life. Well, the book is a, a big one that is being channeled. Mm -hmm. I have three to four major series coming through in the queue afterwards that I continue to get little downloads for piece by piece. Mm -hmm. It's almost like in the background, things are slowly being created and, and, and steeping really. 
Um, I think a lot of projects are with me for multiple years, maybe three plus years before I even start working on them. So actually there's one series of elementals, little nature spirits, since you've talked about fairies that might be of interest. Uh, there's another one that's oriented towards the, the elements and the four directions. Um, very excited about that one. And I'll be merging more classical painting technique into it. So one thing I just keep getting drawn to and I'm, I'm listening to it is classical painting. And it's like the final frontier of the skills I've been wanting my whole life, but it's felt so unattainable. So recently I, I will take significant amount of time outside of my lucrative art in order to just channel the masters and recreate old paintings so I can learn how to do them. So it's like, yeah, these little signs, it's just, they come to me in, in what speaks to my heart as well. And those paintings have been speaking to me. Actually, I have one with me right now that I was just working on. This is, it's tiny, but oh, it's, beautiful. it's a half, maybe one third completed um, study of uh, Sir John Pointer's work. And yeah, it's just an incredible composition and I'm working with different glazes and layers. Um, and in terms of my non-artistic life, I'm also channeling a lot into the breath work that I offer. So I offer uh, my own practice of one-on-ones and small group offerings of breath work, which helps people to just get amazing downloads and clear themselves of limitations. It's, it, it seems so mm, too simple to be as effective as it is, but breath work is just this amazing, unending gift that we have within us that can just open up so much. So I feel like they're all just like cosmic winks from the universe that come to me of, of just, this is what you're meant to focus on right now and, and just roll with it. That's so great. I actually was gonna ask, what is your process for getting all this these downloads? But then you were like, breath work. And I was like, there we go. There we go, breath work. Yeah, breath work, uh, daily meditation, taking breaks for dance and working out, like just making myself more receptive and expansive in order to tune into that. And even just listening to, like they just keep coming through, like the right books come to me, the right lectures and just being quiet enough to know when those are worth paying attention to. Mm, yeah, well, that's, that's so special. I, I would love to, to, you know, explore breath work with you again on another episode because I use breath work for myself. I never have taken any official courses. I learned some Reiki breath work practices and just some, uh, you know, basic ones. But I know that it has been profound in shifting my own reactions into non-reactions. <laughs> And, um, it's, it's really mild, milded out all of my internal trauma junk. Mm. Um, it's been so helpful and healing. And I would love to be able to offer that to listeners for the future to go deeper into breath work. Totally. Yeah. It's really a way to enter into a deeper layer of the nervous system and unlock all the stuff that regular life kind of in doesn't give us space to to release properly yeah we have Starting a lot of distractions we have so yeah. many distractions as a modern society yeah and we don't have the language too a lot of people don't recognize how a, a human being develops even from right from the start all the little things like even the way people are born is this big medical emergency and and I've actually meditated back into my birth experience and tuned into what I felt. Mm -hmm. It's pretty incredible. Like I did not want to come out into a bright, noisy, chaotic room. Yeah. I felt that. And it, it actually rips us away from the sacred of entering this world in a sacred way as like, this is like a, a ceremony of entering the world. Instead, it's like a big crisis. <laughs> so. And 
it's not like society has made it very easy to do it the natural, uh, you know, working with a, a midwife and some doulas in a, you know, home environment. I, that's just not as cost effective. Uh, even if you have insurance, a lot of insurance won't cover that. It's, uh, it's really a shame because I think it would be saving a lot of, a lot of money. Uh, not just for the people, but for the the doctors. And if people are healthy enough to have a baby at home, uh, mm. it feels safe. It's comfort. And Absolutely. the mother can relax fully. And that way she won't be in pain. And that way the baby will feel safe because, oh, mom feels safe. I feel safe. I want to see what's going on outside. Yeah. Instead of, you know, mom stressing out because the doctors come in how many times to check on her and some strange nurse is now poking her with god knows what and they've now asked me how many times i wanted to have a c-section even though i already told them i didn't want a c-section like 50 times and it's on my birthing plan that they've had for two months prior to this day yeah yeah as you can tell i've been through the experience yeah well even the painkillers that like they they push it over and over again. They're... Having an advocate is so important. Making sure you have somebody there yeah. to just constantly say no on your behalf is so important. Totally. It's like an altered state. You, you don't really want to have to argue with people. You just want to focus on what you're doing. And I always go back to, it's part of my research. I love researching various fields and birth is one of them. Uh, any mammal when it's giving birth wants to go to the most quiet, dark, dark isolated, isolated place in order to actually open themselves and soften to the degree that it takes to do that in the most painless way yep. and the most easeful way. And that's a, that actually signals the baby that this world is, it's you know, safe. welcoming and easeful. But what do we create <laughs> in the our modern world? Most stressful, horrible situation you could possibly imagine. And then actually going against gravity and, and laying on our backs. So, yeah, I, I think just being able to recognize what nature has given us and, and align ourselves more with the natural preference of nature would be an asset and could quite literally change our next generation if everyone was born in to a, a joyful experience like that. Yeah, I really appreciate your perspective on, on when we're looking at how we developed, you go all the way back to birth, oh, yeah. you know, all the way back to that birthing experience. Because I know I used to do, uh, I, I guess I still do, it's just... Uh, COVID time, <laughs> prenatal massage. And I, I would go sometimes with clients to their, their day. They, they were having baby delivery day. So I'd go massage them, help them relax because hospital is definitely not, not a relaxing place. So having somebody massage you kind of help coach advocate. Um, I was, I was just doing that. Um, and that was, it was really interesting being there watching how you, you know the mom just kind of shuts down because I've I've been the mom but I like watching somebody else just kind of like shut down they're just trying with their energy just to like mm-hmm. create this bubble and it's so it's so hard to oh. and to to recognize that that in itself is traumatic for the, the baby that's traumatic for the mom you know and how that affects us as we grow and as we develop, like that, that's an important thing to recognize. And like, it takes away the power from mama too. Cause like, I, I just have in my mind, I, I don't know what culture specifically it's from, but I believe Mesopotamian or one of those cultures, but there's this like really ferocious crouching She's like in a squat position, birthing, like a power mama. And she's squatting, which is a natural like position to be birthing. And she just, she's in her power. It's a very iconic sculpture. And yeah, I, I really think that that's an incredibly important piece. And 
even beyond that, the energy in which a being is uh, brought into this world, like the conception of the baby and, and what it experiences in mom's changing emotions throughout the gestation, all of this, all of this has an impact. I totally agree. I totally agree. Well, I, I'm really grateful that you are creating this book for all of us in the future it has yet to, to come to be, but I'm really grateful that you are mapping this out because I think even though we are this incredible Western society, we've got a lot of good things going for us. We really are shielded to how the world developed. Um, we are fed a certain story um, and everything else has been forgotten or negated, <laughs> depending on who you, how you want to describe it. Um, and I think it's so important for us to be given these resources to see how things really developed and how these practices affected these communities and what it really was like, the pros and cons. Because there, there were cons in some of these societies, human sacrifice being one of them. I don't, I don't know if that worked out so well for everyone. <laughs> but it's good just to know what we've been through as a species developing, you know, how we all started and how we are moving into this new era, hopefully for the better. Totally. I think the more we zoom out, the better off we are. Because if we're just operating under the premise of the last hundred years, we're actually infantile in a way, because we're not standing on the backs of our elders that have paid very keen attention over thousands of years. They were charting stars amongst other things in order to really understand what it takes to sustain life for many years to come many generations they would oftentimes think seven back and seven forward in terms of generations and where yep, are that's we how today? ancestral healing works you heal yeah. seven generations back seven generations forward there we go so yeah the more we can zoom out beyond our one lifetime the better off we are in this lifetime and the better off we leave all other lifetimes yeah. And that's part of looking at the stars and, and the symbols as well. All of these wisdom teachings are embedded into that. Yeah, if we don't zoom out, we're also very, very likely to repeat past mistakes. It might not even look exactly like those mistakes, but the energy will be there because we're just overseeing it. We didn't learn the lesson because we're not carrying the lesson forward into the future. We're just wow. going to keep reliving these milestones of the past. You're making me think of a person that jumps from one relationship to another, hoping it'll be different and recreating the same pattern, right? And we have, we have tools and we have inner work to do in order yeah. to not create that on a personal level and on a community macro level. I actually know a lot of people who, who have done that, where they... They're in a relationship and then they jump to the next. And, you know, I'm, I'm always like, hey, you guys, I love you. You guys got to take like a year plus break. You have to know who you are. You have to know what you want. You have to know what you're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we all have, you, you have to be so specific when you're looking for someone yeah. or when you're looking for something. The universe can't give you signs and can't send you messages if you have tunnel vision. <laughs> if you're not listening. That too. Or if you if you don't even know what you want, you're just like, give me anything. <laughs> yes, which is, again, the reactive sort of approach as opposed to responsive, which is when, yeah, you're tuning in deeply and coming from a space of clarity and... And zooming out beyond yourself, too. Yep. Yep. So important. So important. Oh, yes. <laughs> so uh, this is the moment. This is the moment where I ask, do you have any offering to give our listeners anything that, that will just 
really give them a leg up in, in their lives, in their ascension, in their spiritual practices that's going to help them, you know, on, on their path to greatness. Hmm. I'm, I'm really quite blank to that. <laughs> I feel like it's so unique to each person. I don't know if I have any one thing to offer specifically. Remember, this is, this is your offering. What do you have? What is your little uh, seed of wisdom you can, you can hand off? You know, or, or discount code or whatever it is we're mm -hmm. doing today. <laughs> Not after, but first I want to tune in if there's a message coming through. <laughs> I really think the biggest thing is connecting with breath um in whatever way people are guided to i feel like if we're not properly breathing and expanding into our body we're not properly living so even if someone just takes 10 deep breaths first thing in the morning just like full expansion you're already starting your day off that much better and by breathing fully it ensures that you're living fully and so any step you can take to fully expand in your body is a great step. And then there's endless permeations of how you can work with the breath in more profound ways. Um, and second, as you were talking about an offering, <laughs> uh, we talked about it earlier. I do want to offer a, a discount code to anyone that wants their own yoga mat to bring into their home and their practice. So I'm going to offer $15 off on an, a yoga mat order through my website. And you can just use the code rainbow to get that. Rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> so just, uh, I will leave her link in the description below and the code I will put next to it. You guys just go and place your order. I can tell you that these mats are incredible. The one I have has suede as like the top. You just spray it with like, I have like a little water sprayer. You just spray it with some water and it gets super grippy and they're machine washable. And I use my mat, as I said, for so many things and it's so worth it. It is so worth it. I am so happy with the purchase I made many years ago. <laughs> yeah, they're very durable and they're made of tree-based rubber, so no PVC, no phthalates, uh, non-toxic water-based ink, and technically biodegradable. I so. w don't recommend burying your, your mouth no. because they have <laughs> great use. <laughs> and hopefully they'll serve for years to come. I've seen mats live for sure five years of aggressive use and most likely beyond. I know my mat is... is going strong going so strong i'm probably going to end up going and doing yoga on it after this this episode <laughs> yes <laughs> well thank you so much danielle for joining us and for having this incredible journey of a discussion about you know signs and your incredible research work that you've been doing and going into the healing of of our births like that is I did not expect that going into today's yeah. episode and it was great. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys out there for listening. Thank you guys for coming week after week after week. Thank you for subscribing and sharing the podcast with all your friends and relatives. Please do that. And for reviewing. Uh, I deeply, deeply appreciate when you guys are, are able to share and let people know that I am here. Thank you guys so much and keep ascending together. Have a good day. Bye.
Are you ready to ascend to the next level? This is Rainbow Raja, your spirit guide calling. Please be sure to keep all arms and legs inside your vessel at all times. I'm just here to remind you to take some time today. Support Rainbow's Rising podcast. Go join the Discord community. Check out the Patreon. Get some stickers, custom tarot cards. Check out the merch. The merch. You know you want to. Go connect with Rainbow Raja. Maybe even get a session. Who knows? Your support helps make this show possible. And she loves to support you. Help support her too. Once again, this is Rainbow Raja, your spirit guide, guiding you to your ascension.